Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. All right, so I told a joke at the nine o'clock service, didn't go so well, so I'm going to see if you actually have a much better sense of humor. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there is another church, and there's the minister who just gave his talk, and he felt very inspired by uh, what he was preaching, what he was saying. And so after the service, you know, congregant goes to the receiving line and um, says to uh, the minister, Pastor, your talk this morning reminded me of the peace and the love of God. And the minister says, well, that's amazing. Thank you. I'm that's great to hear. Tell me a little bit more. He says, well, as you were speaking, I was reminded of the peace of God because your talk surpassed all understanding and the love of God because it endured forever. <laughs> so maybe it's the joke. <laughs> maybe it's the joke. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I have been thinking about the peace of God. Um, Really, I've been thinking about peace in the last couple of weeks because I'm really excited. In your bulletin this morning, um, there is a postcard for a very, 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 I'm going to say it again, very special event taking place in two weekends from now. It's actually at Unity of Pompano. It's uh, peace literacy. It's uh, this gentleman called Paul uh, K. Chappelle, who uh, is a West Point um, graduate. He fought in wars, and he came back to realize that he had been really well-trained in waging war. But what was really being called for, from him, based on his life experiences, was to become more trained in waging peace, that that's really what the world was looking for. And so he really went into his own traumas. He went into his experiences to recognize the ways in which we could all become more peace literate. Doesn't, I mean, that, doesn't that just sound wonderful? To become peace literate, to be able to read it, right? And some of us are very uh, good about being able to see and read peace out in the world and peace within us, but to also be very well-trained in how to speak it how to actually live it out. And the way that he does that is through uh, looking at the ways in which we can become more literate in our oneness, more literate in the way that we, um, the art of living, more literate in uh, recognizing that we are one human family and that we are here to honor each other, to listen to each other, to connect. And so I want to invite you to join me uh, a, couple of Sunday, a couple of weekends from now at this special event. There's a Friday night uh, talk, there's a Saturday workshop, and there's a Sunday afternoon uh, workshop also. You can come to all three of them or just choose one or two that you want to be a part of. But um, this is something that not only did Unity on the Bay want to support, but all of the South Florida, Golden, uh, the Golden Treasure Coast Unity communities, almost about 10 of them, really wanted to bring him so that we can uh, share his awareness, his knowledge, and his energy with all of our community so that we can become even more peace literate. How many of you would like to become more peace literate in life? Yeah. How many of you would like to have a full 24-hour experience of only speaking peace and love and harmony to yourself? Right? How many of you would like to have a 12-hour experience of 
knowing that every action that you've taken comes from that place of peace and harmony. Yeah. And imagine if we can become peace literate, what that does to the consciousness and the energy of the world around us. Now, there's a few things that I know about peace. Just, I have to laugh because uh, one of the board members who I deeply love a couple of weekends ago said, you know, you seem, to be t- you seem to talk every time there's something major happening in the world, you know, and you've done a pretty, so I was like, thinking about it this morning, I was like, yeah, so now let's just solve world peace. Sound good? You ready to solve world peace with me? <laughs> now, as I hear the yes, and as I hear those words coming out of my mouth, I remember that a couple of things about peace. One of them it's easier to talk about it than to actually experience it, right? Another thing that I know about peace is that we pretend to sometimes be in peace, right? Have you ever pretended to be in peace with somebody else just because you don't want to go deep into what's going on, right? Or somebody asks you what you're doing and you've had a hellish of a day. You've been telling yourself that you're not good enough. You've been telling yourself that life isn't good for you. And somebody asks you how you're doing and you say, it's fine, right? So we can pretend a peace a lot of times. And in that pretending is also this awareness. And this was very um, much something that I was reading from Paul Chappelle's uh, books. And as I was getting immersed into it, the ways in which humanity, the ways in which we always leave violence as a choice. Maybe as the last choice, but a choice, right? You hear it out in the world, right? We're going to try all these wonderful, beautiful, peaceful ways of ending a conflict, and if they don't work, we'll go to war, right? Or how about our own personal experiences where we say, oh, this person at work is really getting on my nerves, so I'm going to kill them with kindness. And if that doesn't work, I'll just kill them. Right? (laughs) And so we leave violence as an option. And every time that we do that, what we're truly doing is still giving it energy, is still allowing it to be a part of who we are. And the experience and the invitation for us in this moment is to no longer even have it as an option, to be able to step into being examples, being models of peace in a way that allows us to fully engage with the world, fully engage with the allness of who we are, and do it in a way that brings harmony to us and to all those around us. And now I know that it is getting hard. (laughs) At least it's getting hard for me sometimes, right? I look out into the world and I see what I believe and what I've even um, termed in the past as a war on my values, right? A war on the values of love, a war on the values of civility, a war on the values of harmony. And what do I do but react to this war on these values that I believe are within me and I want to express by acting out of integrity with them and being angry and acting out of anger and acting out of hurt and acting out of a sense that we are needing to be at war, that we have to be in conflict. And it's really interesting to look at how um, I've come to that place. You know, what is it? It's social construct, right? There's things that I just sort of learned along the way of how I needed to behave when there was an opposition to me. And there's also just biologically this, you know, reptilian brain that every so often wants to sort of jump out and what? Fight, defend, 
in a violent way. And I know that I'm using the word violent, and some of you may be thinking, well, I don't know if I'm violent. So I want to invite you to consider that any kind of microaggression, any time that you are uh, not necessarily allowing harmony between yourself and other people, and even with what's going on within yourself, it's some form of violence because it's keeping you from fully knowing your truth. It's uh, keeping you from fully acknowledging and honoring the truth of our being and the truth of all of us, which we are an expression of God, an expression of Christ. Now, Deepak Chopra, and as I look out and I hear the word war being used also, for example, the war on children, the war on LGBT rights, the war on women, really remind, it invites me, at least, to look at what that actually means. And Deepak Chopra says, I have said that all wars are the eruptions from the unconscious. The conflict that gets all the headlines is international war, but the inner war inside each individual is actually more important. It is the seed from which all other conflict grows. And so the question is, what is this inner conflict telling us? What is within us that needs to find harmony, that needs to find healing you know, so a couple of uh, days ago, I think it was Monday, I took my son to, uh, last, sun, uh, last Sunday after services, I took my son to Ninja Lounge. Everybody, everybody heard of Ninja Lounge? They have this big trampoline, and we're having the greatest time jumping up and down, jumping up and down. And then he wants to go to a smaller trampoline where there was another kid. My son is five and a half. This kid was younger. He was about three and a half, maybe four. So we go, and, uh, you know, they're playing together. And all of a sudden, I notice is that the younger kid, his way of playing with my son is chasing him, but trying to chase him, grab him, and throw him on the ground, right? And so I just kind of watch to see what my son's reaction is going to be, and he's not, he doesn't care as much about it, right? Like, he's just continuing to play. So, of course, then the father in me starts saying, well, Lucas, let him know that that's not the right way to play. Let him know that that's not the way that you want him to behave with you. And Lucas just kept playing. <laughs> he just didn't care that much. And you know what my next thought was? Well, not so, not there yet. There was a step before that, which was, I hope my son pushes that kid back. I did. I had that thought. And in that moment, I realized just how embedded this option for violence is within me. And so the question was in that moment, why did I even go there? Right? My son's not going there. I'm going there for him. And what was for me to heal in that moment? And as I sat with it, and actually as I sat with it between services this morning, it was becoming more clear. It was this idea that I myself have been bullied. And I myself grew up in a home where my father told me to man up. And so if there was a conflict, if there was aggression towards me, what I had to do was become the aggressor. And that was the way that then I would be in my father's good graces. That was the way that I would experience myself as worthy of love. And so as I sat with that, I also realized how many times I've been a bullied, a bully to myself through that experience, through telling me that if I'm not aggressive, if I don't defend myself in a way that shows my strength, that shows my power, then I'm not good enough. And I've played that story over and over and over again. Any of this sound somewhat familiar to you? Yeah. 
It's not just men that need to man up. We as individuals are being told quite a bit that we have to behave a certain way, that we have to be a certain way to feel respected by the world, to feel honored by the world, without recognizing that really that respect and that honoring comes from within. When we recognize our truth, when we recognize who we are, when we recognize that we ourselves are the embodiment of God, and therefore... We honor it by being expressions of love, by being expressions of peace. Jesus himself, when he spoke the uh, Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, which was basically, you know, his version of the five unity principles. He was like, I'm going to make this succinct for people to understand. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be children of God. Now, for me, I know that we're all children of God. So for me, as I read that is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as the children of God. It is the way in which we ourselves are expressing that God nature that is within us and being able to be felt, seen, and experienced as the outpicturing of God in the world. One of the things that is needed, though, is a paradigm shift, an evolution from the ways in which social constructs what that nature, whatever it may be, has told us that we have to behave a certain way in the middle of conflict, right? Sometimes it's run away from it. <laughs> sometimes it's ignore it. Sometimes it's fight back. And sometimes it can feel like we're trying to fight back even dirty outside of our own values, outside of our own integrity. What if we accepted that we can be in a deeper state of harmony with all those around us? What if we accepted that we could be fully engaged and free from this sense of being in harmony with all that we are? No longer conflicted with this one side of us that says, you are the expression of God, you are Christ, and this other one that says, you're worthless. You don't belong. This is not for you. Charles Fillmore, our Unity co-founder, says that it is the law of spirit that we must be that which we would draw to us. If we would draw to us love, we must be love, be loving and kind. If we would have the peace and harmony in our environment, we must establish it within ourselves. And that in itself says that we are peace and harmony, yet we limit it, right? Like we're going to be in peace and in harmony with this relationship, not with this one. We're going to be in peace and harmony with the people that behave a certain way. We're going to be in peace and harmony with ourselves if I behave a certain way. And so when I make a mistake, I'm the one that bullies myself. I'm the one that becomes violent by repeating over and over and over again that mistake as an example of what? That we're not good enough? rather than that we are in the process of continuing to evolve and move even deeper into embodying the truth of our being. Our energy has to match that which we want to see in the world. Paul Chappelle says, to replace the old paradigm of war with a new paradigm of waging peace, we must be pioneers who can push the boundaries of human understanding. We must be doctors who can cure the virus of violence. We must be soldiers of peace who can do more than preach to the choir. And we must be artists who will make the world our masterpiece. 
Powerful stuff, right? Powerful stuff inviting us to move more deeply into it. And if you know me, you know I'm all about moving out into the world. And I want to experience this harmony and this peace within me. There is also no conflict between both of those. We can have harmony in both. Do the inner work and do the outer work in harmony. And so that's the invitation for us in this moment. And so going into a deeper, pushing the boundaries of human understanding, well, don't you want to push through your own understanding of yourself as somebody who is limited? Don't you want to push through the limitations, through the thinking that has kept you not fully engaged with your truth? And so you have to step boldly through to a deeper level of understanding. You have to cure that violence that is within us. Every time that you do a little self-talk that says you're not good enough, it's a moment for you to recognize that you got to heal that stuff. You got to do the work, workshop, Pono, whatever it is that you need to do, but you need to do the work to heal and cure that violence. Preaching to the choir, we got to do more than that, right? We got to do more than just preaching in here, right? We got to go out into the world even when it seems like it's going to be very difficult to have those challenging conversations, to uh, be a model for what we want to see out into the world. And how about within us, right? Isn't it, how many of you have felt peace and harmony when everything going on in your world is going right? Great. Well, that's preaching to the choir. If when, if when the, everything is going right, you can say, what a beautiful world. What a beautiful life. Wonderful that you can have that awareness and you're preaching to the choir. When can you, going through a challenge, a disagreement, something that doesn't feel comfortable or familiar to you, be in that moment of preaching and saying, I am peace in this situation. I am harmony. I am the expressions of love. That's going beyond preaching to the choir when it doesn't feel comfortable to remind yourself of your truth to actually step into it and do that. We have to become at peace with ourselves. And so I was thinking about this, and I'm going to actually invite you, if you, if you uh, feel called to, to just take a picture of it because I didn't get it into the bulletin in time. But um, as I was thinking about how can I be peace in the world? How can I be peace in my own life? An acronym showed up for me. So in those moments where we start looking at ourselves with some aggression, with some violence, at those moments where we're having a disagreement with somebody, at those moments where we start feeling like, you know, that this harmony is bubbling up, we can say, I'm stepping into peace. And for me, that means the P to take a pause. Just take a pause as much as you can. Take a pause. Take a breath. And then go into explore. Okay, they're not there. Hold on. I'm going to take a pause. <laughs> there they are. Okay. <laughs> but then um, explore. Explore what's going on within you. What is it that's bubbling up? What is it that's causing this bubbling up? Where am I feeling that discomfort? And even more deeply than that, where is it coming from? What is the core belief that I'm holding about myself that is making me feel violent, aggressive, out of harmony? Is it a thought that we're not good enough? Is it a thought that I'm not worthy? Is it a thought that for me to be able to be loved by the world, I have to behave a certain way? 
And when you explore and you really are with curiosity looking at why things are coming up for you the way that they are, then you can step into affirming. Affirm that which you are. Affirm that which you want to experience. So in those moments of feeling lost, well, I am the expression of God. I am wisdom. I am boldly and courageously loving myself, whatever it may be, affirm those truths to yourself, and then take another pause, contemplate, contemplate on that. And for some of us, that may be literally just taking another moment to breathe that affirmation in, to really just allow that affirmation to enter the heart, not just stay in the head. Or it could be going to a silent retreat like we had one last weekend and we're able to like really go deeply into who we were, right? To really explore what was coming up for us in the silence and allow that to be let go. And then through contemplation, just boldly embody that which you've just affirmed. Ask yourself, right? If you're affirming love, if you're affirming peace or harmony, then how do I embody that? What is the action that embodies that for me? And then just repeat and repeat and repeat because it is a practice. It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment practice. Now, the beautiful thing is that for me, um, the practice requires a couple of things. One is a willingness to actually step into it. And I have to tell you that I'm just going to honor the fact that you're here this morning by saying then that your heart was willing because you wouldn't be here if your heart wasn't even a little willing to experience this new paradigm. So then the question is, what are you doing next with that then? And to me, after that willingness comes a commitment, firmly and boldly committing to yourself that this is the way in which I'm going to live out my life. Committing to yourself that in moments of conflict and moments of war and moments where things aren't comfortable, you will be that comforter. Like the daily word said, it was about God's comfort. Well, we are the comforter in that moment because we are the ones that bring peace and harmony to the situation. And then you just boldly step into it and embody that right? Just boldly embody that, right? Like it sounds so simple. Uh, one of the things that I uh, did this last couple of weeks was uh, I um, um, officiated a couple of weddings, and I love officiating weddings, partly because I realized that in a world full of chaos, in a world where so much is bombarding me here and there and asking me to be better in certain ways, it's a moment of taking a breath and just honoring that two people that thought themselves separate We're coming together in oneness. And that to me, I mentioned this as part of the service, is one of the healing um, things that happen. Uh, Weddings for me, marriages, are a part of the way in which humanity actually heals because we are invited to witness people that thought they were separate recognizing their oneness. And then we can see other people and realize that when we thought we were separate, we can come together. Now, one of the things that we do at the weddings is the vows, right? And it's quite simple once, you know, you're willing to get married and then you show up for the commitment. And what do you have to say for the commitment? What's the two words? I, and that's it, right? Everything else after that is easy peasy? No. (laughs) That commitment has to be lived. And for those of you who are married or for those of you who have been in a relationship before, you realize that there's power in the commitment and 
then you got to put it into practice moment by moment. Challenges will come. Challenges will go. But you've made a commitment, and you want to stand boldly in it. So my question to you is, you came here willingly with an open heart. Are you ready to make a commitment? Ask yourself that question. Am I ready to make a commitment to being the expressions of peace and harmony? Take a breath with me. Will you make the commitment? So I have changed some of the wording to the vows that I invite people into at weddings. And I did this two years ago with you guys. So I think it's time for a renewal, a vow renewal. Sound good? I'm going to invite you to stand up if you feel called to, if you feel ready to make a commitment. And just hear these words and allow these words to enter your heart as your commitment. Do you accept to continue to share your life, your dreams, and your love? To speak honestly and openly from a place of peace? To listen and hear through the desire for harmony? To commit to peace, to honor peace, and to forgive? To care for peace tenderly? And to encourage peace in all the changes that life may bring? If so, please say, I do. do. The world is grateful for your commitment. It actually, your commitment to this means the world because it is the way in which the world will heal and it is the way that we will heal. Thank you and God bless. Thank you everyone for that. I don't know about you guys, but I do love me some acronyms. And what was that? It was pause. Explore, affirm, contemplate, and embody. I know as someone who works with children every day, I use pause a lot. (laughs) Okay, guys, this is the opportunity for us to do our prosperity giving. So I'm going to welcome the ushers at this time. If you feel like you have been spiritually fed today through the message, through the music, I want you to contemplate whether you would like to give to us today. There are some envelopes in front of your seats that look like this, and they're called giving envelopes. They're an opportunity for you to give through this opportunity in the envelope. You can also give online, and you can give through texting. On the envelope, it actually gives you the number to text. It is 73256, and you text the letters U-O-T-B. Now, if you feel like this is an opportunity for you to flow in the giving and receiving, I'm going to give you the opportunity now to fill out those envelopes. We believe that this is a spiritual time for you. It's, it's very sacred, so we want to give you a moment of silence in order to do so. Okay. So thank you so much for your gift. We would love to bless these gifts together. Here we go. Divine love that I am blesses all that I give and all that I receive. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. 
If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.